Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mythos Unit with Listen to These Nerds. My name is Chris, and I am going to be the Game Master for tonight. Starting at the top of the chat channel and going downwards, we have... Uh, hi, my name is Harry, and I'll be playing as Franklin Blackmore. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing Quincy Adams. Hi, I'm John. I'll be playing Antonios Megalos, a.k.a. Tony. And I'm Jonathan, and I'm going to be playing Inspector Adam Lavender. All right. And now that we have our players here, I will recap quickly what happened in our last game. You guys, after surviving the firefight with the McCarthy family and subduing a number of its members, were able to finally speak to uh, the mysterious man in black, a.k.a. one Connor Carson. After figuring out a number of his motivations, you spoke to him about what's going to happen, and you all agreed that although he did have the best of intentions, he did commit some crimes and he did need to answer for those, so you very subtly placed him under arrest and he willingly went with you after you also spoke to a unicorn cursebreaker about the fact that something is going on with Spring Meadow, possibly linking her to one of the individuals working for the Smiley Face Killer. So it looks as though Spring Meadow has gotten herself into a heap of trouble, a fact which means that she is probably, you know, somebody that you'll need to locate as soon as possible. After that, you then went back to Scotland Yard in the wee hours of the morning, made sure that the arrestees were processed. Then the next morning, you talked to Creedy about uh, the man in black and made sure that Buttermaker's vengeance wouldn't fall upon him in a disproportionate manner before Creedy then wanted to speak to all of you. And so now, the four of you, plus James Hightower and... Jack Houston, the six of you are gathered together in Creedy's office, and he is looking at each and every one of you before telling you that he is going to tell you everything he knows from the beginning and that he's going to leave nothing out. So this is where we'll pick up once again. So Creedy, after asking all of you to sit, uh, steeples his fingers, pausing for a moment. Well... I suppose if I'm going to start anywhere, I should suppose it shall be with the full knowledge of who I am. I am Edwin Arthur Creedy, but I am not just a member of Internal Affairs, as several of you have surmised. I am, in fact, a member of Interpol. And so he reaches inside his own jacket, takes out a badge, and sets it on the desk in front of you. And sure enough, it is the gleaming metallic badge denoting him as a member of the International Police. Uh, Quincy raises his hand. There is no need for that, uh, Inspector Adams. Go ahead. Wait, are you both, or are you just Interpol pretending to be an IA? Both. However, my authority as a member of Interpol allows me access to places that members of uh, Internal Affairs would not be able to go otherwise. Christ alive. And for the last three years, I have been investigating the individual that the tabloids are referring to as the Smiley Face Killer. At the time that myths first came into this world, we knew very little about their capabilities or their full abilities. So when news came in about a serial killer who was 
rampaging through the streets of London, killing whoever they could get their hands on, I was a member of a task force assigned to find and stop them. However, we were unable to locate the killer, despite learning their true nature, all of it. And over time, I became the only survivor. And I think I know why as well. The only thing better than killing every single person on the team is to have one person alive to tell the tale. Sort of vector, as it were. Because, as you may have also guessed, they are a myth with mimetic properties. The more you learn about them, the more you put yourself at risk to be preyed upon by them. And so as he says this, he is tugging off the glove on his left hand, and a pale, thin hand with long fingers appears, and as he turns it over, he exposes the back of his hand. And there is, the flesh has been raised in almost similar to like a marking or a burn scar. It looks incredibly similar to yours, um, Franklin, and yours, at Adam. Adam will raise his hand to, to just touch the back of his neck lightly. Yep. Um, but instead of a ring, this also has two um, elongated dots and a curving line to turn it into a smiley face. There are three stages to this curse. And I believe that yourself, Adam, and yourself, Franklin, are subject to the first stage as well. I am in the third, the final stage. And if we are to discuss the true nature, that would put you at risk to learning about the second level of the curse for all of you. Well, I've sort of already cast my hand into this lot. Mm -hmm. And Blackmore just kind of, like, resettles himself in the chair. In for a penny, in for the pound, as the Brits would say. Very well. Quincy is, like, touching his, his neck and, like, checking his hands as if he thinks he might have it, but he isn't sure. There are three elements to this curse. The face, the nature, the name. The face is, as you may suspect, knowing the face of this creature and what it truly is. And as for yourself, Inspector Blackmore, this is a face that you have known for some time because it has only appeared to you as one item, but it is in fact the creature's true face. Blackmore sifts a bit more uncomfortably in his chair. That is correct. And all of you have seen it several times during the course of this investigation as well. It is, in fact, a yellow smiley face. That is its true face. And as he says this, um, all of you begin to... Well, not all of you, but Tony and Quincy, you begin to feel prickling sensations of your own. Um... Quincy, you feel it on your left ankle. And as for yourself, Tony, you begin to feel it on your right forearm. And as you both reach down to check, sure enough, there is an upraised circle that is appearing. A ring identical to the ones that, are, that have already appeared on Franklin and Adam. So... It just so I understand correctly, when you say that this is its true face, are we to understand that this entity is not walking around somewhere? It is simply the idea itself. No, it is an entity. 
It okay. is not just an idea. It is, in fact, a corporeal being that has its own body and form. And it seems to have taken its face from a 60s counterculture movement. Quinturius' hand again. Um, it, why are you telling us if it, if this is going to happen? He points at his ankle. Because there is no way to avoid it. The, the more anyone gets close to it in an effort to destroy it, the more they inevitably learn about it. And it would only be a matter of time before all of you surmised what its face would be, considering that it has already happened to uh, Inspector Blackmore and Inspector Lavender. Given that you all are detectives, it would be just a matter of time before you're able to draw deductions on your own. However... By telling you about its true nature, you will understand best how to fight it without being exposed to the final stage of its curse, its name. So, and yeah, at this, um, Jack, who has taken off the glove on his left hand to expose a ring that's on the palm of his hand, and Hightower, uh, who has uh, pulled down his tie to reveal a ring just on his collarbone. Uh, they look up as well. As you may have guessed, this creature is in fact a myth. One that has appeared in popular culture, you might say, in some regards. But it is in fact a creature that thrives on terror. This is not something to be reasoned with. It is something to be destroyed due to its true, inexorable nature. The smiley face killer is a boogeyman. In the literal sense. Yes. Christ alive. <laughs> and as he says this, all of you feel that same prickling sensation. And on each of your marks, there appear one after the other, one slit, then a second to form a pair of eyes. Uh, I must admit my ignorance here. Um, uh, as a, the newest non-myth member of the Mythos unit, uh, my uh, technical knowledge when it comes to myths is, is a, a little lacking I this is the first I've ever heard of a, a, a literal boogeyman up and walking around has the mythos unit or has anyone ever dealt with anything like this before any professional capacity I can assure you of that so this is new ground indeed mm. now boogeymen are something that several individuals have encountered in other parts of the world but they are extremely difficult to kill and highly dangerous because of their nature. They are creatures who literally draw nourishment from fear. That is what they consume to survive, so it is in their nature to create and spread fear. They become the legends that you hear about told by children over campfires. They become the things under your bed or hiding in your cupboards. They become that which you are most afraid of. And so, their entire existence, their abilities are purely designed to evoke fear. And one of them is this curse. The more you learn about a boogeyman, the more it has power over you. Eventually, the more you think about it, the more that it finds itself drawn to you, the more that it is able to prey upon you. For individuals such as ourselves with myth abilities, this is a danger. For anybody without these powers, a civilian, it's a death sentence. So what? The myth abilities and our pact abilities are acting as an immune system, keeping this thing from killing us outright? Not quite. 
I'm saying that our abilities are a way to defend ourselves against any kind of danger, but an ordinary person with no myth abilities whatsoever, they are... It's like a rabbit before a tiger. In addition, this curse also grants it several abilities. In the first stage, which you, Inspector Blackmore, have endured for some time, whenever a person with the first stage of the curse talks about the particular boogeyman, they are aware when you are talking about them. They receive a sort of notification in their mind that a specific person is talking about them. The second stage is much worse. With this, whenever you talk about the boogeyman, they know where you are. It becomes a radar for them. So all of us sitting in this room at this moment, talking about this, discussing this, are putting ourselves in danger. Which is why one of the reasons why I did not want to have this conversation unless all of you were prepared. Quincy raises his hand again. Maybe, perhaps, all of us shouldn't necessarily have been told if we wanted to keep the element of surprise. <sighs> Unfortunately, there was no way I could think of that would be able to go around this. The smiley face killer is cunning, incredibly intelligent. If one of you or several of you were to learn, that information would have spread among the group. And even if I were to go to another room and talk to you about it over conversation or something similar, the effect would still be the same. All of you would have learned at the same time. The fact is we are dealing with something incredibly dangerous and there is no way to get around this. There's a sudden, like, dawning realization on Blackmore's face as he realizes that in his dogged pursuit of the smiley-faced killer and not necessarily letting people onto it, He's managed to inadvertently, like, damn the spread that he could have possibly done. And there's this, like, sort of palpable sense of, like, oh, shit, dodged a bullet there that he sort of has on his face. Now, the third and final stage, it's if you... Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Quinn, if you tell us, will we die? No. But it puts you more at risk of being preyed upon by the boogeyman. Is this one we could maybe avoid? Or is this one necessary as well? This is one that we are going to avoid for now. Because if you know the nature of it, you will be able to find ways to counteract it. However, the final aspect of it, the name, does nothing to aid you. It simply puts you more at risk. So don't figure out his true name. Got it. Which... And he holds up his hand, and you do see the smile on it, which I myself know, but I will not divulge to you to protect you. Because the final stage of the curse, when you learn its name, then the boogeyman will know your deepest, darkest fears and how to exploit them. Hmm. Well, it's a good thing you have not told us. Indeed. In addition, there are some other abilities that it possesses. It does have the ability to change its shape to resemble other things. However, its face must remain the same no matter what. So although it can't exactly disguise itself, it can take a number of shapes and forms for the purpose of confusing its prey or to alarm them, lull them into a false sense of security, or even using them for offensive defensive purposes. It is extremely versatile in this regard. And the other ability that it has, which makes it incredibly dangerous, 
So long as it remains unobserved and nobody is looking at it, it moves insanely quickly. As in, its speeds are literally incalculable. <sighs> Which is also what I believe to be its reasoning behind creating the blackouts. If it creates areas where there is no light in London and nobody can see, then during various blackouts, it has the ability to move about and do whatever it likes. And we're sure that this is a, a single agent. It's not working with anyone or any organization. Other than the five myths that we managed to get out of Foster. Right. Not so much that we know. We believe that these five myths are its lieutenants, in a sense. And those myths also command lesser creatures under their control as well. But yes, you remember a week ago in the event where there was another blackout and for the first time a number of myths were rampaging through the streets of London. Jesus, that was only a week ago? Feels like it's been ages. And those we believe to be under the control of the smiley face killer's lieutenants. Wait, this thing has lieutenants? Well, yes, we have two of them. Lagasha Dokoro and Montague. But why... Why does it have... I, 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 I'm I, sorry, but organization? It, 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 what's its goal? We believe that it is a myth who had thrived on fear and trepidation and terror. And it is now in a world where these sorts of things did not exist until recently. So my guess is that it is trying to find a way for myths such as itself and the ones under its employ to be able to live freely. But, I mean, I have ha- not had a chance to speak to either the Gasha Dokoro or Montague. I believe that that is something that is best left to yourselves. Well, we'll this does put us in a bind for interviewing Montague. If he's aware of his, if he's aware of this thing's name, he might attempt to use it as a bargaining chip. Well, Nothing like screaming sim- true names at people in order to get them to a full stage of a curse. Addition- well, we simply need someone to interview him who is not us. I would be able to speak to him, I believe, if you were to wish that of me. Sure. It would probably be the safest option, given that, well, we are trying to avoid learning anything more about uh, this boogeyman. Uh, aside from just using the true name as a bargaining chip, um, well, the vampire uh, would understandably hold a grudge against us and may just tell us out of spite. He has no reason not to. Well, that is something that I shall see when I speak to him myself. But there is something else that you should be made aware of as well. I had attempted to speak to the Myth Town Council a number of months ago about enlisting their aid to track down the Smiley Face Killer. However, they are involved with another matter that involves national security, you might say something incredibly important and they are kept very very busy with attending to these sorts of matters British national security or Mythdown sovereignty national security and at this he kind of pauses both I suppose so long as we are discussing these sorts of matters you might as well be aware seeing as you are 
involved fully with this, I suppose that there is something else that I can tell you. Something that has been on a need-to-know basis, but it will help you understand the full implications of what is going on with your world. You all know that three years ago, myths came back into existence, as it were. Yes. And before then, over the course of human history, myths had in fact existed, but they slowly disappeared from human eyes until by roughly the 19th century there were none left, only a few sporadic cases. Well... what If they're not... I believe there wasn't there a theory that they were simply hiding? And that theory is in fact correct. Myths had discovered an alternate plane of reality which only they could access, another dimension to put it simply. And they had retreated there over the course of millennia because they sensed that humans were growing in power, that they were spreading across the planet and the myths faced persecution, misunderstanding, and other forms of oppression. So they left Earth for those reasons. But over time, this new realm that they inhabited began to grow overcrowded. It began to fill up with myths, and over time, they began to weaken, because it is believed that myths cannot survive without humans. Myths only come into existence as a result of human perceptions. This is a theory that is currently being passed around, that human ideas, metaphors, and other ways in which we view the universe, those coalesce and form into myths, mirror images of our deepest thoughts and theories and such. In the same way that myths are created, they over time they cannot survive without these humans. They cannot survive without human influence, in a sense. If they were to leave Earth as they did before, over time they began to weaken. And so, eventually, this became too much as, from what I understand in this dimension, a group of individuals, extremely powerful myths, formed an organization called the Pantheon. And this Pantheon began to rule over all other myths as a form of empire, to keep them all in check. A number of myths rebelled, and the resulting conflict was so great that it tore a hole in the fabric of the dimensions, and... Simultaneously, millions of myths poured into our world, similar to individuals tossed over the side of a ship during a storm. That was the event in which millions of myths reappeared all over the world three years ago. So are you telling me that in some sort of alternate dimension, there's a myth empire? Yes. And I'm willing to bet that the issue we're facing right now is that they've come a-knocking? We feel as though they're starting to. They are beginning to... In other parts of the world, they are beginning to send their agents out to examine this Earth, to see what is possible. We are in the early stages of what may very well be a Cold War, but also refugees are coming through. The myths that we have in the world today are only a small fraction of the total number of myths, and a number of them are still lost between dimensions, struggling to find a place to survive... And Mythtown, or the individuals in Mythtown, they are setting up a sort of underground railroad. They are bringing myths through the dimensional gap into our world to give them a place to live. That, I'm surprised this hasn't come out if all the myths are aware of it. 
I'd imagine is... they're probably keeping it a secret. For a so, number. So, quick question: Is to- was Tony totally aware of this the entire time? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> we um, just never asked. Well, okay, I'm is... just checking. Yes. Now, upon emergence into this world, all myths knowing about the situation, they are told the same thing. Don't tell humans about this unless you feel as though they can be trusted, because if humans, if everyone were to discover that there are millions and millions more myths prepared to come into this world, this would cause mass hysteria. The idea of a myth empire that is planning to invade this world eventually it would be catastrophic because myths are formed from human perceptions. If these ideas were to circulate among billions of people simultaneously, it is unknown what kind of myths would be created, nor would it be predictable to say whose side these myths would be on. So in the same way that the boogeyman is, uh, well, becomes more powerful based on belief all myths really rely on on a a similar kind of mimetic influence it gives them a form of sustenance almost Hmm. um so long as they spend time around humans they are to exist and so long as humans are alive they will inevitably create myths through their perceptions keeping a secret is a form of anti-propaganda i suppose the fact is all of the world governments are panicking right now. This is an event that nobody could have foreseen and something that is completely outside of their control. And by trying to keep the secret under wraps, they are trying to ensure that nothing worse is to happen. But in all honesty, a storm is coming, whether in a few months or a few years, and they are just trying to hold as tight as possible and not be swept away. Lord of mercy. You understand now why this is a need-to-know basis. And as a member of Interpol, I am privy to this knowledge, but I suppose I should tell you why I am trusting all of you with this. A number of years ago, as we were investigating the smiley face killer, information began to spread of humans who were able to make packs with myths. This is a system that apparently existed in the past and created the foundation for who we know as spellcasters. Wizards, witches, other sorcerers that had been discussed in myths and legends, those were the first pact users, and they had been seen again in modern times. And as I myself am not a pact user, I had no way of combating the smiley face killer, but... I began to think that maybe if a team was assembled, then they could carry on were anything to happen to me. Uh, Quinty looks around. Well, I believe you found one. Was this always a part of your plan? Over Over the last year, I have been looking over a number of cases, carefully selecting individuals. And over time, I found all of you. They had to be in law enforcement. They had to be myth positive. Oh, perhaps not all in law enforcement. Uh, Miss Dubois was the exception to the rule. But I had to review their cases and surmise that they could be trusted to get the job done. That And a few have proven to be mm, of slightly different character than I originally surmised, as seen with the other Inspector Adams. 
But looking at all of you, I found that you all have done your work incredibly well. You have solved your cases that have been presented to you. You have ensured good relations between humans and myths. You've gone out of your way to help both members of both communities. And over time, you have proven your strength in surviving one conflict after another. I could not entrust the secret of the smiley face killer to anybody. If this were left to individuals of lesser characters or lesser potential, then either the secret would be spread or they would be killed. And it is only now that I understand that all of you are determined to solve this case that I'm giving you this information. Because if you will not be deterred, then the least I can do is help you with everything I know. Which, any at this he sort of leaned back a bit in size, is what I just told you. Well, I'll admit it's a lot to handle. Nothing like a bit of end of the world to start your work day off. Now, the smiley face killer. As I said, it's, it is not looking for the end of the world, but our best guess is that it is trying to establish a new order here in the United Kingdom. London it may very well be the first to fall, but I will leave it to you to consider some possibilities of what it may do. Look over its actions knowing what you know now. Review things from the past. You may be able to draw new connections. <sighs> and also, there is one other thing you should know. All boogeymen do have a weakness. Just as all myths are formed from human perceptions... Well, not all of them. Some of them do reproduce, but boogeymen do not reproduce on their own. They are formed from moments of pure terror. And it is in these moments that they have both their strength and their weakness. Because if a boogeyman is created from a person's perception, then the smiley face killer has a person from whom they originated. If you find out who this person was, where the smiley face killer came from then you will be able to find its weakness as well. So what? There's someone in London that's acting as this thing's totem? Perhaps it is not a person still alive, but if you look through history or the past or any sorts of clues, you may be able to find footprints leading back to a place of origin. Quincy raises his hand. Um, but what is the weakness, though? If I knew, I would have told you already. But we know there is one? There is. Every boogeyman has a weakness. This may be an image, or a sound, or something else. But using that will allow all of you to negate some of the effects of the curse. So what... I believe then, there, by that logic, we've found the weaknesses of other boogeymen? What were they? At this, he pauses... Many of them are formed from traumatic events or moments of pure fear. And interestingly enough, they were the weaknesses were related to forms of... He's pausing, trying to find the words. Forms of self-control, of emotional healing, methods used to try and calm the person down, such as a favorite smell, or something that the person would try to hold. A child who spawned 
one boogeyman, we discovered that there was in fact a stuffed animal that they would squeeze in moments of distress. And we found similar ones and used those to surround the boogeyman and deter it. Hmm. Weaponized therapy, in a sense. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. But with the information that I've given to you, it now knows that I am fully helping all of you. And so as a result, all of us are now at risk. Myself, most of all. Because whereas all of you are only at stage two, I am at a full stage three. There is no telling what is going to happen in the near future, but I have given you all the knowledge I can, and I will continue to assist all of you from here on out. Well, um, thank you, I guess. <laughs> Quincy looks down at his ankle. <laughs> can I ask what kind of security measures you put in place for yourself, personally? At the moment... I have none, for if I try to leave London, go overseas, the smiley face killer will inevitably know one way or another. And given its abilities, I know of no method that I can think of to deter it were it to come after me. If anything, the closest thing that I have to a defense system is all of you. Hmm. But now it knows that you've told us, yes? Most likely, yes. Hmm. The fact is, in the face of what is about to hit London, my own life is inconsequential. I have dedicated my entire lifetime to the greater good and to protecting this world. For me to prioritize my own safety now would cause all of it to mean nothing. So I guess this is it then. Your last uh roll the dice and hoping that it comes up with something other than snake eyes. Potentially. We are in a dangerous time and I am making a large gamble, but it is the only chance I have. And there is something else you should know as well. I did go to the Myth Town Council to ask them for help in tracking this thing down, but because of because of their efforts to ensure the safety of their own populace in returning to Earth. They were too busy to assist me. And Iris, in particular, wanted nothing to do with me whatsoever, as I was. But, as I was leaving, one of her handmaidens approached me, wanting to assist in the search, knowing that this was a dangerous creature that was stalking both humans and myths alike. Let me guess. Spring Meadow? No. Winter Holly. The first victim, I assume. Yes. We discussed matters, and she introduced one other individual into the fold, and the three of us became an information network. Were we to discover any kind of information, we would pass it on to the others in the effort to kill the smiley face killer. The third member of our group is one that I believe some of you have encountered previously. His name is Silas. Oh, I know him. Yes. And at this, he pauses. Silas has a very personal relationship with the Smiley Face Killer. For at one time, the Smiley Face Killer did not have five lieutenants. He had six. Uh, wait. So then why didn't the Smiley Face Killer just off him once it was obvious that he was no longer for the cause? Well, as I understand... Silas is under the careful eye 
of the Myth Town Council. In the same way that they are keeping an eye on him, they are also protecting him. He cannot leave Midtown in any way, shape, or form, but in the same way, if he were to be pursued by the Smiley Face Killer, there are a number of wards on Midtown under the creation of a powerful spellcaster, a QB named Shinji, who is also on the Midtown Council. He is the first line of defense against outside threats, and he has created a series of barriers that prevent evil spirits from making their way inside Midtown. Do you think it would stop him? the killer? Not entirely, but it would be more than enough time for them to realize that he is coming in. But so long as he believes that Silas does not remain a threat, he shall not go after him. And Silas, as I understand, has given all of you maybe a little bit of help with some matters here and there, as he is a very knowledgeable individual, but given the nature of the these mimetic properties, he has not given you anything to overt. That explains some caginess on his part. Yes. Silas is a very, he pauses, interesting individual. Were you to know more about him, I suggest you ask him personally, as I feel it as though those matters are not my place to discuss. Well, anything else we should know about? He pauses, thinking. Nothing at the moment. But I suggest you ready yourselves, because... There is a pattern to these blackouts. Oh, so there's going to be another blackout tomorrow. It has occurred every Friday, and I'm guessing it's a thematic sort of thing, considering such events as Friday the 13th and such. So, if my guess is correct, with the current pattern that has been established, there's going to be another blackout tomorrow. Hmm. And what do you want to bet that a mind-controlled dryad is somehow going to be a part of it? (laughs) It is, not, it is entirely uncertain how things are going to go, but we have today and tomorrow to do as much as we can for the sake of mitigating the effects of this blackout. Hmm. Well, I believe we should start making precautions then. If anything, we are a little late, aren't we? <laughs> it is, and he takes a look at the clock. Still fairly early in the morning, I do believe you have more than enough time in your shift to be able to make a productive day of this. Right. Well, I guess let's get to work. And so with this, he slowly stands up to his full towering height. And before we do so, I want to say that no matter what may come of this, I am profoundly proud to be working with all of you. Thank you for trusting me in this matter. And make no mistake that I shall do everything in my power to ensure the success of this mission. For now... We are all involved in this one way or another. Uh, I guess Quincy's going to get up and, sh- and reach out his hand to shake his hand. And he returns the handshake. Um, it is... You have had a long history of handshakes, Quincy, but this is the firmest, most respectful handshake you have encountered in a... Well, as long as you can remember. Hmm. <sighs> well, Creedy, I always knew you were a bit of a bastard when you were on IA, but... Well, it'd be a shame to lose someone like you. So Godspeed. And uh, Blackmore will also give him a good handshake. He, yeah, he returns your handshake as well. Godspeed to you as well, Agent Blackmore. Hmm. Right. I guess the meeting uh, were dismissed. I suppose so. And in regards to this information that I have given you, keep it close to your chest. 
only share it with those that you think you can trust, because as it, as you may have discussed, there is a very probable mole here at Scotland Yard. And in addition, if the information regarding the Master is to be believed, then there may very well be some inside agents about London similar to this Spring Meadow that we have discussed. Right. Let's get to work then, I guess. Indeed. And with that, Blackmore is going to, like, head out of the office. Okay. And... Alright. Hmm. I'm assuming this takes precedent over all other cases. And, uh, Creedy just looks at you. That would be a very, uh, probable assumption to make, yes. Very well. Oh, hmm. I think I'm going to need some time to process all of this, but... Understood. Well, I... I understand it is a lot. I appreciate the confidence you've placed in us. Of course. We it is won't well earned. You. And uh, he nods at that. I'm certain you won't. Alright, Adam will stand up and nod curtly and then leave. Okay. Yeah, I guess Quincy will follow. Mm-hmm. And at this, Creedy looks to you, Tony. I understand that you are the most recent addition to the team, Inspector Megalos, and that this may be a lot to process, especially considering that you are one of the only Myth members at Scotland Yard, but I want you to know that you have my full confidence in this matter. Hmm. Uh, thank you. I, um, it's a, it's a lot to take in, and I, I must wonder about the original plan to have Thalestra be a member to fight a creature who draws power from fear. Um, at this, uh, yeah, actually... Hightower steps forward, and it is my understanding that Creedy uh, consented to this matter because exactly because of her abilities, and that and Creedy just speaks up. Given how similar she was in a number of respects to uh, the smiley face killer, we thought it would be similar to a, you know, using a hunter to hunt another hunter. Sort of a, he pauses. Silence of the Lambs event? To draw a comparison. Tony uh, just gives, gives a blank one-eyed stare. And well, he, why he the a... silencing of the lambs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, she says, I I suppose, but I wonder if she has not just made many people much more susceptible. Mm, um, <laughs> uh, Creedy's just, I'll admit, the cult was unexpected, but she is a very unique myth in some regards. And we believe that she will be an interesting asset should events continue as they are currently going. Look, everyone scared by the cult? Yeah, that's a problem. But everyone in the cult? Oh, they're fucking invincible now. You can't scare the shit out of them at all. Mm. They don't even fear death. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the the end of the campaign is ju- it's just uh, the boogeyman versus the basement boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're all dead already. Yeah, I lo- I love that their official name has become the basement boys. Yeah, you gotta call them something. Mm-hmm. And the full title of the cult is far too wordy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, with this, all of you head out. Jack just kind of has his head, his hands on his forehead, and his fingers just ruffling through his hair, just kind of. <sighs> Well, this is uh, heavy shit, I gotta say. Mm. 
Well then. Yeah, at this, Creedy uh, steps behind uh, Jack and puts a gentle hand on his shoulder, and Jack just kind of, ah! And so, now, in regards to yourself, uh, Inspector Houston, I have a specific task for you. You are to remain as our current confidant in Mythtown, but I'm going to pull a few strings and see if I can't transfer someone into your care. Someone to perform some public service duties under your supervision as a government official in law enforcement. And Jack's just, wait, you mean... That's right. I am going to be placing Connor Carson under your supervision. As he is somebody who is very invested in the well-being of London, I believe that he will be a second backup plan. Should anything happen to several or all of us, he shall be our next line of defense. I guess it's sort of like close the door closes on Jack Houston's various faces of incredulity. Yep. Um, yeah, it is truly fascinating what's happening to Jack's face right now as he is going through multiple emotions, all of which are fighting for presence on his face right now. But eventually he just goes into blank resignation and he just n- nods firmly. All right, I suppose that uh, we'll be working together then. <sighs> As I take it you've already got the paperwork filed. Yes, I sent it over to Judge White, and he has already made the necessary arrangements. In fact, he made them before I sent it to him. <laughs> and at this, uh, Creedy just frowns a little bit. Truly amazing what that man is capable of. I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. But anyhow... Uh, I shall leave that in your capable hands, Agent Houston. And Jack just, all right then. So, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna get Carson in a bit, and we're gonna head back over to Myth Town, and we're gonna try looking around, seeing if anybody else has seen Spring Meadow, but uh, if any of you want to say anything to him, I suppose now's the opportunity if you want to. Um, hmm. Don't work him too hard, Houston, and I kind of, like, playfully slap one of his, uh, the side of one of his arms. Hey, <laughs> no promises there after everything he put us through. Well, it was mostly things he put you through, but... And, yeah... I have only it... met him today. <laughs> or yesterday, I guess. Yeah. It was a very long day. It was. But, uh... I'm guessing that we're gonna have a couple long days to come in the next little while, so... I'm gonna be, uh... Yeah... Listen, and at this, Jack looks all at all of you actually seriously. My priority right now is going to be fun in Spring Meadow, figuring out where she could have gone and what might have happened to her, because it sounds like she's in trouble and I want to make sure she's okay. If I can make a suggestion, perhaps you should go back to the Myth Village and follow the Trail of Destruction. You mean back out to the countryside? It might give you an idea of where she is in a more direct manner. She was not very subtle about her movements. That's true. And so he kind of nods at that. Tell you what, I think I'm going to spend the day doing that. You got a ah, a good idea. Uh, Thanks for that. Tony? Yes. Right, right, thanks. All right, so that's what I'm going to get up to. And I guess Connor's going to be helping me, so... All right, guess I got myself a sidekick. And so with that, Jax just claps his hands together. All right, well, if any of you have anything you want to investigate, you know where to find me. I mean, I, uh, I give I give Jack a, another handshake, and so Jack just. <laughs> I've always liked these Quincy. Make no mistake. Uh huh. Quincy continues the handshake. So yeah. 
He has forgotten that he was handshaking. He, uh. And Jack just continues with this for a bit as if, you know, understanding the gravity of the situation, he's letting you have this. All right. Quincy eventually realized, oh, well, goodbye then. Yeah. And, uh, all right. Bye. All of you. And good luck. Blackboard so, gives Houston a bit of, like a curt nod. Yeah. He returns it. You too, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. And so with that, Jack is going to head off to the holding cells where Connor presumably is. So with this, all of you guys now have the day to do whatever it is you feel is necessary. And if you take a look at the master sheet, there is the options page that gives you an idea of what are some of the things you can do. Okay. Uh, options. All right. Well, Blackmore has an idea of what he's going to do. Simply uh-huh. because it's a thing that's a long time coming. I'm finally going to give Mac his fucking sword back. Yeah, okay, you are. immediately ask him for a pat, because, oh, baby, I uh, it's probably going to be something I'm going to need the next couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, so Blackmore, like, pulls everyone into kind of like a little huddle and says, all right, I'm going to talk to Mac, see if I can't get his abilities to do things. I have a second idea, but I can't do it quite yet. What's everyone else up so to? So wait, we out of character, just to clarify, it can't hear what we're saying, right? Because we don't, because we, we're only We're not talking here. about it directly, yes. Yeah. But like, do we know what qualifies as talking about it? Does um, talk, the saying it count? Um, you're guessing that talking about it either directly or indirectly would qualify. Well, what is it, what is like, okay. Um, so. Code words are out, I think. But that counts as indirectly, though. That's the problem. But it can't. It can't hear what we're saying, right? Because only level threes get get like people can hear. What, it can't actually hear the words we're saying. It just knows where we are, right? Yes. Okay. So we can talk about it. it and it, it, we can't. It can't hear our conversation. But yes. it does know that that like where we are at all times. Every okay. time you talk about it, you are showing up on its radar. Yeah. Huh. What happens if we write? stuff down about it and then mail a letter somewhere or yeah can, like, what, about written, the what if we word? use asl well, yeah, well actually yeah. like this these are legit these are legit concerns um you feel as though any sort of commu- immediate communication like sign language would qualify but writing you're not too sure but you think that if you were to write it down i guess um, we'll just go to the we'll go to the logs like because mm. they must have have when they, they must have research done on these things because the other ones have been run into otherwise we wouldn't know about the weaknesses right, right. so i yeah like yeah we can research this because we, mm-hmm. we need as much information as possible so yeah presumably somebody would have tried using writing and we'll see what that man mm-hmm. like whether that matters or not and in addition to all this there is the matter of your finances as well so far you have used a number of your finances for various purposes uh, Quincy, I remember you said you wanted to upgrade the cells of all of the myths in custody yep. and stuff. If you wanted to confirm that, of the 15 points you have, that would cost three to upgrade the myth, the cell qualities of every myth that isn't level four to extremely good quality. Oh, okay. Well, now that we know that there's an immediate threat, yes. I think... I think- people's accommodations are maybe second okay so let's spend our money stopping whatever planet this thing it has right. and then any leftover money we can spend on toasters or whatever right there yeah. is also the matter of 
the Gasha Dokoro because you guys had promised to upgrade itself. In exchange, yeah, we, yeah, but we didn't say when. We like he wouldn't yes. say tomorrow, right? Like, right. The um, for- so you know uh, to upgrade a cell of that sheer size because it is gigantic enough as it is to hold a kneeling ninety foot skeleton to give it enough room to walk around and also to have its own puppet show and stuff. Um, that is going to be also um, three wealth as well because of the sheer finances to hollow out a, a room big enough and also to put in protective charms and wards to prevent it from breaking out. Boss that out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can worry about that again. We can worry yes. about his cell later. And we don't need to worry about that right now. And the final thing you had discussed was getting another assistant to aid in paperwork, but also to be the database in a sense. And that would fall to, you had also discussed giving that responsibility to Webster and to a point an assistant would cost three wealth as well. Okay. Well, I, I think that might not be a bad idea to, to just, just so that we get perfect knowledge of every, all of the documentation on, on the boogeyman. Mm. Um, since this is mo- mo- basically out of character, um, I have, uh, I'm going to probably use my time to smith because okay. highly specific smithing stuff based on prep is kind of like to- Tony's best like uh, use of his abilities. Yeah, um, say like so, some sort of like magic light charm that you could just kind of crank out would probably be super useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would actually honestly be. Um, just a variant on the flash grenade uh, mm. with with an increased duration. I have an out of character question. Yes. Um, are there any myths in this uh, universe that uh, modify people's memories, like that can implant false memories or c- that can make people forget things? Mm. Um. Anti memetic myths, if you will. I'm sure, like I can find mm. examples of that in like you know, pop culture and actual mythology, but I just, it seems like it would kind of ruin the premise of this big bad, so I want to ask first. Um, yeah, tell you what, um, I will say that with the finances that you have allocated, you can also use them to requisition certain captured myths who have done crimes to be transferred into your custody for the purpose of making packs with them. The mm-hmm. You guys have done this before, with characters such as the Myrmidon, for example. So if you wanted to, I could say that you could request a myth that does have those kinds of abilities. The fair and folk, I think, almost assuredly do that yes. shit. Yup, yup. Um, you wouldn't... Yeah, you think that there may be a member of the fair folk who would specialize in something like that, but I'm gonna say that it would cost uh, two points of finances to requisition a myth that could do something like that. Right. I mean, the the problem, the, the the one thing that I'm kind of just thinking about that is, sure, we can erase the memory, but unless mm-hmm. that also removes the mark, then there's still something there. Um, Tell you what, I will let you roll a knowledge myth, anybody who has this skill, to try and think of any myth that might be able to do this sort of stuff. Uh, I guess what I was kind of thinking is that if someone was in imminent danger of being killed yeah. by the boogeyman... We uh-huh. could just erase all of their memories of the boogeyman, and that makes them functionally invincible against him. Mm, okay. Ah, uh, yes, the the mob psycho approach. 
And again, uh, I, like if we wanted to systematically track down every human being who knew about the smiley face killer and just, mm-hmm. you know, men in black erase all of their memories, we would reduce his power overall and then eventually just he would cease to exist. That's hmm. going to be kind of difficult considering that like he was a, you know, front page tabloid sort of thing. So right. while there's a lot of people that don't like know exactly what he is, like the name is probably something that's vaguely familiar to mm. most, if not all, of the city. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Tony, can well, you build some sort of memory erasing bomb? <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, uh, Tony built a giant neuralizer on top of Big Ben or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Seven um, bong. What was I doing again? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, even if this is something that could just affect a single person, it could be extremely potent when, you know, used smartly. Yeah, hmm. deploy, we, have a, we need deploy a memory erasing pill. Yes. <laughs> that 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 all of us put in our tooth, and then when we're about to get killed with boogeyman, <laughs> we bite down really fat, really hard, mm, and then yeah, we forget that. it. But then we have to go through the boss fight where all the people we arrested come down the river, and then we've got to like walk towards the boogeyman. It's, it takes a really long time. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, just something to think about. Yeah. Hmm. Well, for now, um, so yeah, Blackmore's basically saying that he's going to like deal with um, uh, Max stolen uh, stolen uh, item report. Mostly okay. because he figures, you know, mastery of a magical fire is probably pretty useful against something that seems to be very much based around darkness. But also, like, Mac is just a very powerful myth as well. Yeah, that too. Basically. And then, uh, yeah. He makes, Blackmore makes some vague thing about, like, he has an idea and he wants to try something, but he's kind of cagey about what exactly that is. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, and then he sort of turns to, so, what about the rest of you? Well, uh, my next case is going to be looking into Sophie's missing friend, uh, who has likely been kidnapped by the McCarthy family, but I I suppose I'll have to table that for now. Mm. I'm not really sure. Um, I think Quincy probably wants to make another, um, make another pact. Do we have any, like, perception-based myths? Because like I think the one of the important things that that was mentioned was that it moves fast if you don't see it. So if we could get something like, thankfully he can already tremor sense. Mm. But if the thing jumps, then Quincy well, wants to like have all his bases covered. So there is the litmus bird that you know has the ability to sense magic and uh, the use of myth related abilities. But it is a non-sentient myth, and I believe your policy is that you only make packs with sentient ones. True. And aside from that... Um, um, the Hellhound has thermal vision, but again, non-sentient. Mm. Yeah. And you think that, yeah, if you were to put in some requisitions, you could, uh, you know, look maybe look for some myths that would have other perception-based abilities that you might be able to use. Quincy's going to look it up, and then he's going to and then he's going he's going to get up the database of myths. Okay. And he's going to get the database of known myths from Myth Town, and he's going to find a myth that has the power he wants and, and convince them to make a pact with him. <laughs> um, okay. It looks as though elves have a number of uh, abilities. Like, they have very strong senses compared to normal humans and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, 
Hmm. Did you have any kind of myth specifically in mind, Joey? Or I just don't know what. Um, I don't know which what. Like I guess I, I I would have to look up in my own time. Like what kind of mm. like real life myth can detect things? But like essentially, he's looking he's looking for anything that would give him like preternatural sense of his surroundings without having to look. Okay. Um. You see that. Also, also he has terrible perception. And clearly what you need is a radioactive spider to bite you so you can yeah, get some kind actually, of spider sense. Actually, in character, it would be way better if he had, like, a Mr. Magoo-esque, like, super sense where he's aware of danger somehow, but he's not, almost not conscious of it. Mm. But it still counts as him detecting it so he can avoid it. Right, okay. And luck power, basically? Well, I mean, he has a luck power already, but that doesn't. I don't think that counts. Yeah. Hmm, okay, well, I am uh, looking some stuff up. Uh, cause this is, uh, yeah, something a little unexpected that I am just looking through my database for. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do elves. You could raise your, your like actual sense stat up to 20, yeah. um, with them. And uh, yeah, uh, that would affect not only your initiative order in combat, but also your passive perception score, which would allow you to detect things in your environment. But if you were looking for, like, a hard superpower that would help you out, let me just take a look at the myths that you guys currently have in custom that are, uh... Hmm. Looks like mermaids would give you dark vision. That's true. What about that weird cat that, that Quincy made friends with? That, uh... So, a Nekamata would give you a number of abilities not related to perception, but interesting powers that you could definitely use such as the ability to communicate with animals and this would also cover non-sentient myths oh, it Ooh. says here that it has dark vision that as well thank you all right yeah i'm gonna make friends with that cat and then and i can talk to every myth mm-hmm. i can make all myths my friend so there just you go walk around town like with a pocket full of creamers Okay, so you're going to try to track down uh, Marm. I will return to the place where I saw that Necromancer in the first place, but I will have a ton of nice cat food. Okay. Well, <laughs> why don't we nice quit going to the grocery store and he's getting nice cat food. The well, wet stuff. Ooh, the wet stuff. Nice. I, I really like to imagine that we're in the huddle and then Quincy's just thinking about it and then all of a sudden he just kind of like leaves. And then someone asks Quincy, he's like, I, I'm, I'm going to buy cat food. <laughs> Okay, that's an interesting post you just made, Jonathan. Thank you. All right. Damn, Jonathan on the ball with these myth abilities. <laughs> yeah, um, I, just, I just made a quick Google search. So, as you guys are discussing things and doing a bit of research, um, yeah, um, Adam, you jump onto the computer and look through a list of some of the myths which you could have transferred into your custody, and you do find that there is something called a Glowacus that had been captured on the outskirts of London, apparently preying on a number of house pets and stuff like that in a small neighborhood. And it seems to be, yeah, something like, you take a look at the photo, you're not sure if it's a bear or a panther or a lion, but it kind of looks like all three mixed together. It has a pair of milky white eyes, but has enormous bat-like ears almost, That, uh, as well as a very large snout. So it almost has some bat-like features as well, but it looks as though it has a number of abilities that catch your attention, like 
It has echolocation because it's completely blind and it uses sound waves as well as its sense of smell to get around. But it also can wipe a person's memory just from looking into their eyes. Hmm. Which is Seems why like it's been... Might. And uh, that's... Sorry, yeah. It's been able to go without detection for so long because it wipes a person's memory and suddenly it forgets that, or the person forgets that they were in the neighborhood. Hmm. Seems like this might uh, kill two birds with one but stone. How, how, much me- how much memory um, does it wipe? Tell you what, I will also make you roll a... Do you have the skill research? Uh, no. Okay, well, just roll me a 2D... Yeah, roll me 2D10 and add your intelligence modifier to that. Okay, uh, 17. Okay, you find out that due to its ability to wipe memories and stuff, um, yeah, it seems as though the person could regain their memories at a later date over a period of time. So it's not like a permanent thing, or it doesn't seem to, like, scrub the memory completely. It's more like it locks it away, and to Hmm. just kind of make it more of a subconscious thing that the person just can't remember no matter what. But you're not sure how this would work for the effects of a curse that relies on memory such as this one. Well, even so, if it has a preternatural sense of hearing, Hmm. even the ability to lightly wipe someone's memory. Remember, Adam is an expert in uh, undercover work. Hmm. Um, That is, he can think of many, many potential scenarios in which temporarily wiping someone's memory would be extremely useful. You when think, someone asks yeah. if you're a cop, and then you have to answer honestly, but then you wipe their memory. <laughs> and they don't oh. entrapment. Yeah. Or you, like, hey, I don't remember yes. seeing you around here. You think that with your abilities to disguise yourself, that this ability would absolutely complement your skill set? These are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, I'm going to mm. go for this. Okay. So, to... Uh, I will say that this costs two points of finance to be able to requisition for your custody, so to speak. Okay, so I'm not seeing in the like big documents you shared with us how much finance uh, we have in our budget. Oh, my apologies. Fifteen. Fifteen total. Yes. Okay. Um. All right. How do uh, people feel about this? Uh, sounds like a really good choice. Echolocation yeah. and memory wiping. It's like the anti-boogeyman myth. Ah. If you were to take a look at the finance list, or sorry, the budget list, Mm -hmm. then I will just add current finance. Okay, great. Thanks. There we go. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll go for this. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I already have night vision from the my vampire ability. Mm -hmm. But you do not. But you do not have echolocation. No, I do not. But the combined combining those two things would make me pretty hard to sneak up on. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yes. Especially in the dark. No. Uh-huh. As Blackboard is going by your desk and he sees you looking at the Gloacus, uh, and he's like, ah, oh, well, uh, as far as I know, for those sort of myths, uh, you feed them enough times and they tend to usually come around to it. If you need anything, uh, there's a separate fridge in the morgue that's just full of various cuts of goats and such. We use them to feed the salamanders. Uh, take what you need. Oh, thanks. That's so, it. So you get some paperwork going and you make a requisition and it should be transferred over to your custody by tomorrow. Great. All right. And you still have the rest of the day to still do whatever you like, because that only took uh, about uh, 15 minutes of your time. OK, Um. why don't you move on to someone else and I'll, I'll think about it. Sure. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listen to these nerds dot or on Twitter at LTTNCast. 
All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.